Hi, everybody. Welcome to Vox Tablet. It's me, your host, Sarah Ivory. Today, we're thinking about pulling an all-nighter. Shavuot is almost here. It's the holiday that celebrates the giving of the Torah by God to the Israelites on Mount Sinai. There's a lot of ways that people mark this holiday. People eat a lot of dairy foods like cheesecake and blintzes. They recite certain prayers, and often they go to what's called the Tikkun Lel Shavuot, or a Tikkun for short. Tikkuns are traditionally all-night events where people get together to study portions of the Bible or the Talmud or the Mishnah. So for today's podcast, we thought it might be kind of interesting to talk to a few people who either follow this tradition or can at least identify with it and find out what text, religious or not, they could see themselves dedicating a night of study to. We're starting off with musician, poet, and scholar, Alicia Jo Rabins. Alicia, you've spent a lot of time with the Torah over the past few years. You were writing an indie rock song cycle about female characters from the Bible. Right now, you're on the road with your band, Girls in Trouble, and you're taking a few minutes out of your day to talk to us about Shavuot. I understand that Shavuot is actually one of your favorite holidays. Why is that? Um, I think I trace it back to my um, childhood when I loved sleepovers, and I would come home destroyed because we would all stay up until, you know, four in the morning or whatever, and then get up at eight because we were young, and I would come home and um, just be kind of crying with exhaustion. And my, so my mom hated sleepovers. And so every time I got invited, she would say, why can't I just pick you up at 11? I don't see what the big deal is <laughs> to spend the night. Like, what, if, you're, if you're actually going to go to sleep at midnight, like you say, why do you need to spend the night? Um, but I think something magical happens when you spend the night with a group of people. And I think you enter a different space um, than is possible to enter during the daytime or even the evening during the normal hours of being together. And I think it's kind of a, a mystical um, time that I felt even as a little girl. So when I got older and found out about Tikkun Lel Shavuot, I felt that same charge of energy and excitement of just being up at a time we weren't supposed to be up and talking about the kind of deepest, most intimate secrets of, of Torah. Is going to a Tikkun something that you traditionally do? I try to, yeah, and um, we're often performing on Shavuot. In fact, this year we're going to be playing in Portland, um, and it's not an all-night tikkun. It's a kind of modified tikkun that will probably be over at about 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. So if you have a chance after your show in Portland to go to a tikkun for the rest of the night, what text or idea would you want to pray over? I have been really fascinated with the idea of counting the Omer and um, with the kind of mystical analog that, you know, the Omer is seven cycles of seven that you count between Pesach and Shavuot. So Shavuot is the completion of that counting process. And there's this kind of um, fairly mainstream but very Kabbalistic um, idea that as we go through those seven weeks, we're actually purifying seven aspects of our natures that correspond to these kind of Jewish chakras, these mystical um, sirots, they're called in Hebrew. And I think the middle of the night is a perfect time to go into that level of conversation about these Jewish ideas of energy centers that apply to both the body and to our spiritual and emotional lives and um, at the culmination of this process of kind of counting methodically through them and thinking about these different aspects of our character and also um, of the nature of God, as it's kind of understood Kabbalistically. I think that would be a really rich topic that I would love to 
spend the hour between maybe four and five exploring. Aviva Zornberg, you grew up the daughter of a prominent rabbi in Glasgow. Did you start pulling all-nighters for Shavuot as a kid? No. Uh, when I was a child, this was a quite exotic thing that I became aware that my father was doing. Um, and I don't think it was at all widely observed in, in the Jewish world um, that my father was had a few, a few men in during the night and uh, he would spend all night learning with them. Uh, and it definitely had a very masculine feel to it and uh, and a kind of enclave feeling to it. Um, and I would sort of curl up in the corner and listen with a feeling that I was observing something that was a little exotic. Um, and that and, and until much later, really, until I went to live in Israel, um, I didn't come upon this practice at all. Now, you're a uh, Torah scholar, and you've written entire books on Genesis and Exodus. So immersing yourself in a religious text is uh, the order of your day, really. Mm -hmm. What is different about doing this kind of deep textual analysis in the company of others in the dead of night? Hmm. Well, there is a magical quality to it. Um, Partly the getting there and the going out in the streets at night and going to look for another class. Normally, uh, people don't stay in one place all night. I think that uh, nowadays that seems to be uh, the habit. You go from one to the other. You know who's teaching in different places. And you, and you, and simply walking through the, the night streets to come into a place and to enter into the world of, of Torah, um, there really is something magical about it. Uh, the rabbis actually have a wonderful statement about it. They say anyone who learns Torah at night, um, there is a kind of radiant quality on his face during the day. Uh, that somehow it, it affects, there's a kind of chesed, a kind of love, grace that you can see in his face during the day. Um, and I think there really is something to it, you know, in going beyond the normal divisions between sleep and and wakefulness and staying awake, um, there is a feeling of breaking through some barrier. Are you going to eat cheesecake? <laughs> yes, I am. Yes, that that is a special calorie-rich experience. <laughs> yeah. Not to be missed on Shavuot. Absolutely. <laughs> Nathan Englander, my neighbor, my friend. Cheesecake, blintzes, what do you like on Shavuot? Uh, a lactate and blintzes. <laughs> Uh, Just for listeners who don't know who you are, you're a fantastic fiction writer. You have a collection of short stories called For the Relief of Unbearable Urges, and you've got the novel The Ministry of Special Cases. You've got a lot of other stuff in the works right now. There's a Haggadah that you've translated that's coming out this year. I'm actually uh, Jonathan Sapphire is in the other room, and we are deep in editing this very minute. Well, we look forward to it. And you have a play debuting at the Public Theater next uh, winter, which is really exciting. You're obviously immersed in texts of all sorts, and so Oh, I want to ask you, if you were to go to a Tikkun Lel Shavuot this coming Shavuot, and you had to spend all night till dawn immersed in a particular text or idea, what would that be? Um, I was thinking about it, mm-hmm. actually, but uh, it's what we're working on right now. And I really, the Haggadah translation, the, the Halel is really quite beautiful to me, and I'm really deeply immersed in that. And it's maybe my favorite part or up there with the favorite part of the Haggadah to translate. And yes. I would I would stick with the Hallel. And that Hallel, of course, is excerpt from the Book of Psalms, and it's a prayer of praise for God. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's <laughs> one of the easiest words to translate, hallelujah. People know that word. <laughs> well, what, what's going to set your translation apart from uh, previous translations? Can you give us any hint? 
I I think you should read the Haggadah and cry. It's so beautiful in the Hebrew, and I wasn't necessarily feeling that from the English. The English that I read did not sound like what I was seeing in Hebrew. Mm-hmm. That's all. It was just my best, deeply passionate, personal, dedicated attempt to, to have an English version that had the, you know, meaning and poetry and, you know, just the feel of, of, of the Hebrew. Great. Well, I'm excited to, to read it. Chag Sameach. Chag Sameach. Gamlach. Bye. Phil Lieberman, you are a rabbi, a scholar of medieval Jewry. You now teach at Vanderbilt down in Nashville. You're also in the Army Reserves, and you used to work in finance. I imagine that sleep isn't something that you need a critical amount of. (laughs) Well, um, thanks, Sarah. Um, (laughs) I I do need sleep. I, I just, you know. Do you think there's some advantage to studying these texts in the middle of the night? I mean, how does that experience of being up and being potentially very tired or completely adrenalized enhance the experience? Yeah, um, you know, one of my friends joked about me that I'm the only person who can fall asleep during his own teaching. <laughs> so, um, you know, getting the late night slot has been challenging at times. But I actually think there's a tremendous value in teaching these texts uh, a little bit off the beaten path in terms of time. Uh, you know, if we think about a lot of kind of peak experiences in Jewish life that we have, often they are when the the physical setting is a little bit different, right? Holy Dre, one of the most intense times in, in the Jewish year, is also, you know, at night or, you know, kind of at dusk, moving into the evening. And um, I think that that opens us up a little bit. Do people drink coffee in order to go the distance? Um, I, I typically don't, but, you know, it's certainly, I mean, I think the way to make it, you know, all night during Shavuot is that you do have to have breaks to, um, you know, eat cheesecake, you know, around <laughs> 11 o'clock at night, you know, have ice cream around one or two, have, you know, sufficient food available, and of course, you know, coffee and Diet Coke if necessary, um, but also to get out there and have a walk at, you know, 2 a.m. and, uh, you know, just to see what it's like to be, um, you know, outside late at night. And, of course, this time of year in Nashville, we are inundated with cicadas. Rather, this time in the cicada cycle, we're inundated with cicadas. So I'm sure, you know, if we take a walk at 2 in the morning, we'll just hear that buzz, which is uh, even more jarring than spending all night teaching. Yeah, that could be pretty amazing. <laughs> it's almost biblical to go outside and see the carcasses. <laughs> well, Phil, thank you so much, and Chag Sameach. That was Rabbi Phil Lieberman. He teaches at Vanderbilt University in Nashville, Tennessee. We also spoke today with Aviva Zornberg, the author most recently of The Murmuring Deep. We spoke with novelist Nathan Englander and with musician Alicia Jo Rabins. Her band is Girls in Trouble, and their new CD, Half You, Half Me, is just out now. If you're planning on having a tikkun, or if this inspired you to have a tikkun of your own, what are you going to study at it? What do you want to read from dusk till dawn? Let us know. Post a comment on our website. You can find Vox Tablet on the right-hand side of our homepage. Or you can, as ever, send us an email at podcast at tabletmag.com. Our podcast is produced by Julie Subrin. I'm your host, Sarah Ivry. On behalf of everyone at Tablet Magazine, we want to wish you a very happy holiday. Chag Sameach. Have some cheesecake, have some blintzes, add a little raspberry sauce, and enjoy. Enjoy.